Why, hello, and welcome everybody to Talking is a Free Action. This is our weekly show where inhabitants of the material plane are lifted entirely voluntarily and not at all against their own volition and put through a series of challenge rooms and questions so that we can see what makes them tick. To what end, you may ask? Well, blasted if I know. We're certainly not trying to learn all of their weaknesses and flaws for an imminent invasion. My name is the Forge Master, and I represent the Question Masters, your friendly local inquisitors. You find yourself in my artificery of authenticity, and for your delectation today I have obtained a mortal known as Mizana Gallifrey, a very interesting personage, if you don't mind my say so. I have also had reason to believe that this Mizana is connected to other characters in the material plane through a higher being known as Scarlet, who resides in a plane known as the Real World. And we are hoping to acquire some juicy tidbits from this Scarlet as well. Mizana Gallifrey, are you all present and accounted for? Ah, uh, I think so. Great, don't mind her, that's my cat. Uh-huh. She'll just pop in and out. She's like one of those blink dogs, but she's a cat. So, before we begin your ordeal, sorry, force of habit, challenges, of course, we have our wonderful sponsors and supporters to thank. So please send your gratitude via whatever societal medium you favour to the sponsorial entities known as Hero Forge, Ultra Pro, Phoenix Dice, and Alchemy RPG, and to our supporters, Idle Champions, Neverwinter, Elderwood Academy, and D&D Beyond. Furthermore, we have a special fondness for our audience members known as the D20 Club a superior and exclusive club that you can join by supporting us on Patreon. If you are unable to descend into the artificery of authenticity in person, you can also listen on your favourite podcasting app by searching for Roll Together RPG. And if you wanted to converse with us via the mysteries of the World Wide Web, our influence has spread to various societal medium under the moniker of Roll Together RPG. Now, Ms. Zana Gallifrey, the artificery of authenticity has summoned you. Over the next 55 minutes or so, you shall walk about my workshop. But remember, even though behind each door is a challenge which you must overcome, talking is a free action. So at any point, you can, mystery, mystery, you can utter those mysterious words. And if there's a challenge that you can't hope to overcome in a, without loss of face, and uh, trust me, there are several different interpretations of that, all of which are possible here, you can take a pass at the meager cost of some of your higher beings' deepest secrets. Be wary, though, as my influence over you here only lasts around an hour, at which point you'll be safely dropped back at the exact moment you left, and you'll have no memory that this ever happened. Do you have anything to say for yourself before we begin? No, I, I, th- I think I'm ready. I, I do like the workshop, though. <laughs> it's very nice, and I'm glad you do you like these particular tools. I've, uh, I, you, I mean, you did last time. Uh, never mind, that didn't happen. Not that you remember. Um, let's just roll a d100 and just see where we get on, shall we? All right. Uh- That's a 57. 57, a great start, if you don't mind me saying so. Huh? It's a little bit slow last time. Right. Oh, never mind. Um, I jangle my set of keys. You you notice that there's about 100 keys on this uh, this one ring that I uh, that I just keep dangling between myself but uh, as we head over to the door it's nicely appointed with some nice metal buckles I unlock it and open the door and you are free to walk through thank you go through and as you enter this softly lit room richly furnished in purples dark wood velvet and golden leaf 
Everything is of the best quality, polished to perfection, but with one notable exception. A freestanding frame draped in a dust sheet in one corner of the room. Very nice. Very nice upholstery. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I, I look around around the the frame covered in a in a sheet? Mm. I'd like to investigate that a little bit, please. Oh, it's it's freestanding, so it's um oh. it's on an easel, so you can you can easily oh. kind of look around. Um, the back seems to be a, a nice wooden frame. It's got some um, it's got some clasps on the back so that it can be wall mounted or it could be uh, left as it is obviously on this easel. Mm-hmm. Um, but the front side of it is completely covered by this um, this dust sheet. May I take a peek? You may indeed take a peek. Thank you. As you peer under the sheet, it is a finely painted uh, oil painting, in fact, of you at this exact moment. It appears to be you with your exact outfit that you are wearing right now, down to even the tiniest detail of the specks of dirt and dust that have accumulated on your travels so far. And as you look at this seemingly flat, innocuous picture of yourself, the face turns to you and smiles eerily, draws a scalpel and stabs you. What? Please roll me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, right. That's a 19. So taken aback were you by this that you uh, you managed to sidestep it quite easily. And uh, the seemingly 2D image, your your brain is trying to understand it in uh, in three dimensions, but it's a painting, it's an oil painting, it's not standing from the canvas at all, is it? Certainly not trying to crawl out of the canvas, is it? What would you like to do? I'd like to try and communicate with the, with the, with the paint me. Hey, stop doing that. What to do that for? Roll me a persuasion check. That's a tan. Well, I don't know if you were trying to convince yourself or the painting, but uh, neither of you seem to be convinced. Seems to keep coming out. It's still got the scalpel clasped in his hand. Seems to be coming towards you for a slightly better shot. Very rude of you. Uh, oh, let me see. Uh, I'm just, just thinking of some spells. <laughs> uh, um, my sheet would behave. I assume you mean the dust sheet. It's just it's flapping around everywhere. It's getting in the way. Come flap, flap, flap. Uh, may I cast Identify on it to, to try and distinguish what, what's going on with it exactly? Try and figure out what is it? Is it magic or is it an illusion or something? Of course you may. So um, you cast it with a spell slot. You don't have time for a ritual cast of this one. Nope, I didn't. <clears throat> so you, uh, you tried to identify it, and it seems that this is a, um, a magical portrait that... Um, it's it's enchanted so that whoever the next person to look at it will give form to the uh, the entity that is already trapped in this painting. Uh, it seems to be a little bit conf- confined to uh, what can be uh, what can be interpreted as being part of the portrait. You notice that it's keeping its arms fairly within the confines of the paint of the uh, of of the golden frame around it. It's never just... trying to kind of reach around the edges. Ugh. All right. Then I'd, I'm just going to cover, grab the dust sheet and cover it back up. Seems to work. You can't see any uh, 
poking areas. The sheet is flapping in a slightly disconcerting way, but you think you feel that you've done you've done quite well there. That that's what you get. Keep your hands to yourself next time. Would you like to try a different room? Yes, please. Roll me another D100, and I will flip through my key, my key fob. A 99. 99. Mm. So, very nice. Very, very nice. So, as we walk into the room, you are hit by an immediate feeling of heat and as I open the door to the room you can see that everything is on fire oh the smoke and the flame licks through the doorway and without even feeling like you've moved through the room suddenly the room that we are in is on fire and everything is engulfed in this flame you can vaguely make a vision of a door a doorway on the other side and exit what do you do? Uh. You notice that um, my skin seems to be uh, flaking a little bit in the heat, kind of crumbling oh. in a kind of dusty, volcanic way. Well, that's fascinating, but I don't really have the time uh, to ask you more questions about that. Uh, Likely more uh, pressing things, I think. Well, yeah, yeah, I, sh I should think so. Uh, let me see what I got. Uh, uh, I would, okay. My small mechanical uh, pseudo dragon, uh, I'm going to ask to uh, help cover my face because he's a good boy and he helps his mama out. Help me breathe a little better. And I'm going to try and just go for the door. Nice and quickly, like. All right. I think, I think I'm going to ask for an athletics check for this one. Oh. Oh. my best. Oh. Oh, that's a 14. I think 14 is enough. You're able to um, dart into the room. You can see that there are rafters and different items of furniture that have uh, ignited during this uh, this flaming uh, inferno. However, you manage to, to dodge past them and you get to the exit. Um, do you turn the metal door handle? I cover up my hand with a piece of my clothing so I don't burn. So I don't burn my hand at all. Very clever. Thought I might catch you out with that one. Mm -hmm. um, you can turn the door and uh, and it opens, and the coolness of the next room um, is is a, a relief to you as we uh, as we pass through, and you find yourself back in the workshop. Right, that was uh, certainly a little bit more um, action packed than last time. Let's let's try to find you a slightly nicer room. Are you all right? You, you kind of crumbled a little bit. Are you, are you all right? Do you need any healing? Oh, no, it's just my, uh, before I became a question master, I was, um, it doesn't matter. Please roll me a D100. Okay. That's a 35. 35, that's... It's rather low. I like the high numbers, but I think 35 will do. Right. So. I find a key. You see me frown at it a little bit. I'm not going to follow you into this room. You've got to uh, take this one on on your own. Oh. But you'll do fine. Don't worry. I unlock the door and you can see that there is a um, dimly lit staircase leading upwards. Hi. Uh, all right. Um, off I go then. <laughs> I'll see you on the other side. Don't you worry. Oh, no. <laughs> the wooden staircase creaks with the slightest bit of weight that is placed on it as you climb ascending 
into this attic room. It seems to be a 30 by 30 foot space as you climb up into this this room from the uh, from the attic stairs. There's a large gothic window opposite you with uh, black velvet curtains. But every other available surface is covered with porcelain dolls. Various states of disrepair are these dolls. They are uh, some of them uh, with very tatty clothing. Some of them are quite nice, but their hair is a bit of a mess. Some of them don't have hair. It's been shorn off, but sure enough. You think you can hear the sound of scrabbling, but you can't quite hear from where until you hear a childish giggle. Uh, hello there. A figure comes into view, a very small figure, smaller even than your friend Rudy. Mm. It's another doll, but this one's moving. Its face is set in a slightly smirky porcelain smile. It's holding a silver needle which it drags along on the floor. Aren't you beautiful? Look how well you move. What's your name? The porcelain doll's face doesn't appear to be uh, able to uh, to to make noises or, or anything like that, but you do hear another eerie giggle as it wields the silver pin in a fashion that is not unlike a sword. <gasps> and it goes to poke you with it. Why is everyone trying to poke me? <laughs> Please, could you make me a uh, constitution save? Oh. All right. Oh. That's a 24. 24, that would be enough. Um, you feel a slight jabbing sensation and a tingle as if some sort of magical effect attempted to take hold of you, but nothing happens. And the doll, still with its face set in the same facial expression, somehow does manage to look disappointed. Now listen here. I I could help you. I, I could have fixed you. I could have helped fix your fans. But you go and poke me with a needle. How rude are you? Stop it. Roll me a intimidation check. Scold you? With advantage, I think. Well, that's a ten. With advantage. Yes. She doesn't actually stab you, but she doesn't seem sorry for what she's done. She gives another couple of jabs towards you. You do notice that the window, this, the large gothic window is... Uh, slightly ajar. It's kind of almost stained glass, but the glass in it is not stained. But there's patterns as if it could have been and might have been pretty otherwise. Um, but there's a large circular window um, that is separate from the rest, and that seems to have slightly gone ajar. While still looking at our little naughty, naughty friend, I'm going to try and get closer to that window to have a look. On the other side, it doesn't appear to be um, the outside as such, but um, roll me a d100. All right. A 40. Or zero. So. You see on the other side, the, um, the Forge Master is standing and helps you through the uh, the window frame. Um, you notice that dust flakes haven't gone away from his hand and they kind of fall slightly to the floor. I'm going to help you out here, Ms. Zanab, and I'm going to say talking is a free action. Because otherwise, this door would have led right back into this room. Ah. Reset and refreshed, but uh, I don't think that I don't think that would be fair or fun. 
So instead, I'm going to talk to Scarlett. Hello. <laughs> Hi. All right. It's been creepy so far. Uh, everything's trying to stab me. Why? <laughs> Dangerous one. Dangerous. <laughs> um. So, hi, I'm going to ask you a question, but first, I need to know what question to ask you. So, uh, please, would you roll me that D100 again? Okie dokie. 51. 51. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> oh. So, okay, I'm going, I'm, go I'm going to give the game away because um, I keep saying welcome back and uh, you didn't do this last time that is because um dear dear viewers um scarlet and i have already attempted to do this one mm -hmm. time and unfortunately the uh, the video element um I, I i forgot to um ask the video kobolds to uh, to record nicely so um yeah unfortunately we had some some slight issues um so we're back to give you a nice interview but we're hoping that the audio at least we can recover so you can find out what the um uh alternate version of um Mizana's room is um whew, i feel like mm. a weight has lifted that i've, I've <laughs> given, given that away uh, no no more lying um and the reason i've decided to to tell you that is because we've just rolled a, a question that you already answered yeah. on the um on the last one um okay. i mean i could give a slightly different spin on it but i think i'm actually just going to uh whoop uh go to one of the other um a question on the other side of it mm -hmm. um so um the question is the dragon within by tine vandermeer is a classic obviously but what would your character name their tell all memoir and what juicy secrets or illicit affairs might be revealed uh, so Ms. Zanna's, um autobiography what would it be called oh. and what um what um uh what juicy little bits of information might be revealed about Mizana's past uh um probably it would be a lot about her family uh she is half elf her her father is an elven merchant very rich uh and puts a lot of pressure on these two children uh, and that affects Zana quite badly, <laughs> quite in dramatic ways and puts the children in competition with one another. So it'd probably mostly about that, to be honest, <laughs> especially since uh, the Roll Together uh, universe haven't seen as much as uh, I've played Zana in a home table before. Mm. And I brought some elements over. So, yeah. Probably a lot right. about her family. That's interesting. So I, I obviously, um, we, we have a little bit of kind of um, shared backstory with um, mm -hmm. uh, our characters in uh, Murderous Symphony, um, mm -hmm. Rhododendron as well. Um, so there's a couple of things that we kind of shared so that we would know them in advance because they, they've known each other for a bit. But um, that you had a sister is not one that I think we discussed. So we might have to make try and make sure that in an upcoming episode we uh, cover that. It's a brother. A brother. Okay. A brother. Did I say did did I say sister? Yeah. I meant sibling. In my head. Yeah, Shibbling. that's fine. It's okay. Um. Cool. Well, yeah. Further proving that I did not know that uh, you had a sibling of any persuasion. Yes. Um, okay, fantastic. So, um, so that is um, some of the juicy tidbits. What about a name? Do you have a Do you have a thing? Well, maybe, maybe we can we can workshop this, uh, seeing as we are in a workshop. Um, All I can think about is blood and cogs. Blood and cogs. Blood and okay. cogs. <laughs> so. Um, so like maybe behind the clock face or something Ooh, that's good. Um, that's or good. i don't know blood how do we get blood uh. and gears we'll think of something later on <laughs> and it'll be juicy um okay there's there's actually um this this is a cheeky twofer question because uh, there's a there's an addendum who would play mizana in the film version of the biography oh. so any any actor actress or anything in between and thereabouts um Dead or alive. I mean, alive would probably be easier to cast, oh, yeah. but um, but also, you know, if you've got someone that you 
Is there is there anyone that you based Mazana on that perhaps might not be able to, but mm. would have been the ideal casting? Uh, no, I haven't. Who I would pick is probably Mini Driver, as long as she can do a, a Southern Bell accent. Mm. I'm not brilliant at it, but in my head, that's how she sounds. So it will probably be Mini Driver. Don't do yourself a dis- disservice. I have <laughs> never been, um, ne- never thought that it wasn't uh, wasn't convincing. Thank you. This is coming from someone who is also not American, and therefore, you know, people yeah. with with the actual accent might disagree with me. Apologies. Um, and they would be, I love you. <laughs> they, they would be, they would be well within their rights to do so, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Do you want to roll another question? Uh, sure, 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 sure. Sweet. That's a seventy-seven. <laughs> seventy-seven. Right. Let's see if this is a new one. Okay, I can't recall. Um, what would you say to a new player? So, um, if you were uh, giving advice to someone who has just started out as a hobby, what advice would you give them? I don't think we did this on the um, patron exclusive, <laughs> potentially patron exclusive. Um, other, other. I, I would tell them to uh, talk to the DM a lot. Because they are setting the world that you're creating a character in. So if if you're stuck, or if you if you like the sound of a certain race or a class, then talk to them about it, and you can help build your backstory with them, and it will help you feel more comfortable. I think yeah, that's definitely. important. That is really important to me, anyway. Like uh, having a really open dialogue with my DM. That's all. Um, yeah, I mean, especially because there might be, um, I, I don't know, characters or um, such like. It's, it's it's always nice to be able to weave in some of the character, like the the characters, um, like uh, NPC, like any important NPCs to them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you might need to give them a, a story hook and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, as as someone who enjoys DMing as well. Um, Yes, please talk to us. <laughs> uh, if you're like, I want to be an assassin, and then your DM can be like, okay, there's an assassin guild in this city. Do you want to be based there? That kind of thing. Exactly. And and also, you know, sometimes you might not know what exactly you want to do. So, you know, mm-hmm. they will be able to give you the steer. Um, yeah, I'll probably extend it to say, like, you know, talk to your group as well, because there's no point saying, I want to make this, you know, chaos goblin and mm-hmm. actually everybody else is playing paladins and they're going down the lawful good route and you're just like Whoa. <laughs> burn at everything no but i think that would be fun quite too. a fun bal- oh, sounds like a fun balance to be fair <laughs> yeah oops all paladins except for one chaotic goblin yeah. <laughs> make it happen rt yeah. um shall we go back to uh to Ms. Zana? So as uh, our consciousness descends Zen-like back into the uh, characters and my voice becomes a slightly more Welsh one, um, please roll me a D100. All right. That is a 40. A 4-0. And a 0. We are doing really well at avoiding... Actually, you you won't remember that, so don't worry. but we don't want to go back into this particular place. So um, I tell you what, mm-hmm. I'm going to be cheeky. Forgemaster um, puts down the um, set of 100 keys and um, takes out a, a loop with significantly fewer keys, um, which each one of them seems to be um, quite well appointed um, with kind of gold filigree keys. Uh, so puts the key into the lock and opens the door. So, as we walk into this room, um, again, you're kind of assaulted by um, heat. My accent goes when I'm improvising, clearly. Um, DM hat on. Um, 
as um you realize you, you're kind of stepping into a um it appears to be like an active volcano um oh. the heat um is not as bad as the fire it's not as pressing or um not not does you don't feel as much of an emergency to escape from this heat but it is it is present and it is definitely um definitely felt you can see that um you're in a kind of cavern like maybe a fluid like a separate off of the uh, the main chamber um and separating you um from the caldera itself is a um kind of mesh metal um frame um like a cage um just separating you from um, being able to get to the other side and in front of you there appears to be a um uh like a lectern a metal lectern um but one of those fancy metals that don't conduct heat scientists in the chat i'm sure you'll know which ones those are um which just has a, a single lever and as your vision adjusts and you look beyond the cage you can see that there's another cage a kind of a very large metal bird cage and then beyond that another cage in the first cage there appear to be five um five people who are, seem to be dressed in garb that would potentially um look like uh, they were in the penal system um potentially kind of um rogues robbers um people people serving some time um and in the distant other cage you can see someone who is dressed in clerical robes um does mizana have a uh, particular deity or not not overly religious uh i'm open to such things but i haven't chose a particular deity no okay uh, well this one appears to be a um a priest of lathander a dawn lord um at the moment the lever is um in a kind of downward position and the closer cage you notice is slowly lowering the lever only has one other position that it can occupy. Do you try to save the five, but at the expense of the one? Ooh. Or do you try to do something completely off the wall using your character sheet and powers? And I'm going to attempt to go back into my, uh, my Welsh voice now that I'm not improvising off the seat of my pants. Can I, with my mechanical knowledge, can I just quickly evaluate the system to see if it is possible to try and save both cages? Absolutely. I will allow, given that you are an artificer and in the, uh, this is one of your preferred things, I will say that you can either roll me an arcana check or an investigation check. Or just in case neither of those are particularly in your wheelhouse, I will allow a perception check just to observe what's going on. I, I shall uh, do investigation, if I may. <clears throat> and I rolled a one! That's for an eight. For an eight. <laughs> I mean, if you rolled a one, that's a one is a natural one is a one. Well, that's, that's an eight, but you know, fine. <laughs> The heat is a little bit too omnipresent. The urgency of the cage that is um, oh, no. slowly going down, it's all a little bit too much and you're um, you're getting a bit too flustered to, to discern anything from the mechanical elements of this. I mean, let's, let's be honest, trap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, uh, are there locks on the cages? Like door, doors where they went in. At least, can't see that. What's your passive perception? My passive perception is 10. My passive investigation is 11. 
No, it's 17. Beg your pardon. 17. 17. All right. At a glance, I would say that um, having entered this room, you did manage to discern that there are indeed doors on these cages. However, between you and the cages is another cage keeping you in this little area. And there is, doesn't seem to be really anywhere to get out onto from these cages. But I do have a mechanical pseudo-dragon who could fly thieves' tools to uh, the, the five uh, vagabonds who uh, probably one of them would know how to pick a lock. I think that that's a fair assumption. Right. Okay. The okay. cage that you're in is not quite big enough for you, but for your pseudo-dragon certainly yeah. could squeeze through, all right? Yes, yes. So carries the uh, thieves' tools through. Go, Archimedes, go! <laughs> Please roll me a, a sleight of hand check and add your proficiency bonus if you do not already. That is a nine. <laughs> don't like me today. <laughs> Again. Again. The, uh, the the ne'er do wells in the in the cage that is descending. Um, again, they're quite flustered. Also, the, the the tools that have been passed across to them are um, largely metal and uh, getting a bit hot. So they're they're having to kind of be very very careful and and holding other objects around them in order, like their clothing and such, so as to not burn their hands. And um, unfortunately, it's not giving them the dexterity that um, that they need. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Oh, no! <laughs> there, uh. are, there are, there is a magical phrase if we, if, if we do not wish to confront the, uh, I mean, I was going to call it the trolley problem. It's not really a trolley problem. It's a burning caldera death problem. Ah. Uh. No, uh, I shall shout out my apologies to the cleric and, and I'll save the five. Five lives at the cost of one. With a lot of apologies. The priest appears to be uh, accepting of this and, and indicates that that is indeed what they would have done instead is as well. But it's easy in their position. You don't have to watch as uh, the room kind of, the, the light in the room bloom, blooms. It all becomes a bit too white and suddenly we are stood back in the workshop. Uh, uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, would you like to roll a d100? All right. Archimedes. I can see maybe why the uh, these these rooms have not been vetted by the rest. No. Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. So, as I retrieving the set of hundred keys again, open the door. And we are in a very simple chamber. The walls appear to be made of wood. The windows very frosted over glass. And sat in the middle is a chair. On the opposite side of the room is a door. Oh. Sorry, this seems to be one of the empty rooms. Um, do what you like. I, I got to peep, peep out of the window. What can I see? Uh, give me a perception check. Oh, that's three. Three. <laughs> there, there appears to be some sort of blizzard on the other side. So these... these these windows, in addition to being frosted glass, they appear to be extra frosted on the other side. It's impossible to tell. 
Uh, is your hand still dusty from, from the fire? Do you need healing? I, I could heal you if you like. Oh, no, no. This is, uh, this is my naturals. See, my, uh, my lineage is, uh, is Janasi, so I have oh. a little bit of fire and a little bit of earth in me, and it, uh, it's, it's why I'm quite good with forges, and, you know, I can get a clay pot out of an oven without any protective clothing. It's quite useful. It sounds extremely useful. It does just mean that I've got a little bit of eczema, that's all. Well, that's all right. Uh, I'm sorry if that was private. Uh, um, no, I don't mind telling you. All right. Uh, I can head towards the door unless you'd like to sit down and talk some more. I don't... Oh, it, it would be rude of me to, to take the only chair in the room, the very suspicious chair in the only furnishing in this room. No, it, it, you can if you like. I, I don't mind sitting on the floor. <laughs> oh no, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to sit on my own. That would be that would be odd. Let's uh, let's. So you you approach the door. Yes. All right. As you approach the door, you notice the door frame appears to have teeth. The oh. door is a mimic, I'm afraid. Uh, please roll me a strength saving throw. Roll my extra dice. Ooh, natural twenty, but with a minus one, so that's a nineteen. I mean, a natural twenty is a natural twenty. I'm not going to take in the penalization from your natural your, your minus one. Um, as the um, mimic door attempts to uh, attempts to grapple with you and uh, keep you keep you in one place. Um, the door itself kind of opens and you can see that it is in fact sat where the normal door frame would be so as you duck to one side man managing to avoid the sticky tendrils of this mimic you can dart through the the real door and out into what you assume is a, a very pristine white blizzard where and you may roll me another d100 That is uh, 50. A 50. We're hovering around that 50 mark again. I don't, I'm not sure no. I like it. So. The blizzard subsides. And instead of finding ourselves outside, we are in a dark room. The whiteness of the snow seemed to be um, bringing with it some ambient light, but as it dies down, there is no light in this room. It is dark. One would assume filled with traps, monsters and nightmares to make you rue the day that you were born. Dark, silent, full of shifting shadows, which you notice is cast by a lit up button on a podium in the centre of the room. What would you like to do? I'd like to go and try and investigate the button. All right. Please roll me an investigation roll. That's a 12. 12. I mean, the button's got to do something, hasn't it? Well, I hope so. <laughs> I will say talking is a free action, I think. That is absolutely fair enough. And as we ascend out of our characters and into a normal, slightly um, different accent, um, mm -hmm. which apparently I do anyway, if I'm thinking too hard <laughs> about making things up. Um, hello again. Hi. Um, push the button. Go on, just push the button. Get, no. Fine. Roll a D100. Scary room. Scary room. It's all been scary rooms. It's all been scary rooms. Scary rooms or heartbreaking rooms. Murdered a priest. If, if, uh, you'd, if you'd like to see Scarlet have a slightly nicer time of it, watch the... Not, well, not watch. You can't watch it. Um, listen to the other one, which um, will hopefully be going out to Patreons at some point. That's a 38. 38. Yes. Right. 
the question list is here under 38. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Interesting one. Mm-hmm. Would you rather step on 10 D4s all at once or 1D4 every day for the next 10 days? Oh, bleh. Oh, God. Bleh. The first one. No. D4s are horrifying. But no, no. And I'd probably fall over and break my break more bones. I'm very clumsy. No. <laughs> I think I mean I'm the same. Um mm. if 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 I were to get this question, I would I would answer the same thing as you do. I think mm-hmm. um maybe we should maybe we should reduce the number of days. Because like <laughs> knowing it's gonna be ten days, so like lots lots all at once, or not so many, but uh-huh. many of many occasions. Is it like 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 suddenly you'll be doing your normal normal shenanigans and then it will just pop up or is it at the same time every day i don't know i i don't know what would be worse like to to know it was coming at some point at that day and then it just happens but you don't know when yeah. or it being like right it's three o'clock it's step on a d4 time well you could prep yourself and for the clumsy people you could prep yourself grab some pillows so if you fell over you have the pillows that kind of thing I mean, I, I, I can I can see the logic. I, th- I think I would be, I would be just like, oh god, right, it's D four time, it's D four time's coming. Mm-hmm. There it is. Ow! <laughs> All right, same time tomorrow. Oh god, I've got twenty four hours. I mean, I suppose at least you're at the longest point from yeah. the next occasion. That's true. <laughs> Do you want to roll me a, a D four? No, sorry, a D one hundred. Ah, well, indeed. That's an eighty six. Eight and a six, mm-hmm. like the high numbers. I don't know why I like the high numbers. You really do. Yeah. I, I I don't know why. I just <laughs> I just feel like they're going to be better. Mm-hmm. This might change my mind. Um, what yeah. do dice mean to you? What do dice mean to you? I guess so. I my interpretation of this question would be: um, Are you sentimental about dice? Like, do you, do you, are you someone who um, reveres them, thinks that they have different personalities, or are they just are they, are they just tools for the job? I have a uh, large chest full of dice. Ah. So uh, you're a, a dice dragon or a dice goblin? A dice dragon, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, I That's love... definitely a dice goblin thing to say. <laughs> I love finding unique ones and pretty ones. Like, my favourite ones I have on me all the time are the skull and moss ones, just because mm. it's cool. I have big clunky ones. I have my collection, and I have my vampire masquerade dice in there too. Mm. It's still pretty. <clears throat> I do you do you buy a different set for each character that you play then? Uh, <clears throat> if I'm at an actual table, I drink. I drink. I'm at an actual table. Yes. Mm. If it's online, no. Yeah. D&D Beyond slightly too convenient to, yeah, um, I, um, I don't know, I'm, I've, I've, as an estimate, how many sets would you say you've got? In tens? <laughs> Nearest ten? Twenty. Twenty-ish, okay. Mm-hmm. So not, not, not like multitude. Oh, no. Although that is seven dice in each set so that's 140 dice if we're estimating 20 and that's assuming that we're on the low end of 20 as well yeah 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 i i i like dice i i definitely you know i have quite a few sets um i'm probably more in the 10 10 ish um, although that said i did recently buy some dice but that was only because i needed to make the postage up and i couldn't find anything else i wanted that's that's the only reason right obviously well, obviously but i did go for pretty purple ones so. See? Pretty, yeah. Prettier the better. Yeah. 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 Those have been very dice oriented orientated questions. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna get another one out of you. I'm just gonna squeak another another one. So please okay. roll me that um D one hundred and um what 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 dice are you using seeing as we're on a you know, what what are the nice dice? The 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 skull and moss. The skull and moss. Uh, That's why I it was straight them. to hand. That I have them right here, and a bit. Yeah, I have them right on my desk all the time when I play anything. Because look, 
dice you probably know it's a dice rolls and not my forte i uh, i'm a little bit cursed so i will go for the option of the indian beyond or just a regular ghost <laughs> Slightly on the other other side of the scale to uh, Rebecca and her um, blessed dice, you unfortunately have you've you've got the other side of that coin. I've got the Will Wheaton effect. That's me. (laughs) The Will Wheaton effect. Yeah, Uh, I've actually uh, rolled a hundred. Wow. Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, I think we spoiler alert may have rolled a hundred last time. Yeah. But reading this question i think we did it on the rooms so you've now had number 100 on the rooms and this question on the question list number 100 which character was the hardest to say goodbye to so a character i guess that you don't get to play anymore um or perhaps if you've played a character who's died in combat um who who have you had to say goodbye to for one reason or another and who was hardest my oh there's two i have two favorites and i always want to play them Mm. all the time so when i when i've had to step away from whatever reason then it's been really sad because they've lingered in my mind that is uh my tiefling uh Cleric, uh, uh, Cleric of the Raven Queen, because I love the Raven Queen. Mm. Uh, she's bubbly and very lovely. Uh, I've played her as a child and an, as an adult. I adore her. <laughs> and actually, a changeling assassin named Ghost, who I love to play. Uh, Josh will know both of those characters uh, at the actual table. Because I've played them both with him. Mm-hmm. I love them both very much. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have like characters that you can kind of come back to. Like, um, you know, they you it's nice not to have to sunset them, you know, and like mm-hmm. give give them a proper ending. Mm-hmm. Um huh. they're both from long campaigns, which I love long campaign characters because I proper fall in love with them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you get to you get to kind of really put some some soul into them. It's, uh, you know, not that I don't like uh, the thing I like about short campaigns, like we tend to do, is is getting to explore a, a variety. But it does mean that we've gotten to something like two hundred odd characters in roll together, and very few of them have had a satisfactory like toodaloo point. Yeah, but it's fun to dip your toe into a new race or a new hmm. class and just be like, oh, I can I can put that shoe on for a bit. But I do like a long, long stretch campaign where I can proper feel this pers- this personality out. Mm. Hmm. I'm going to take us back into um, the room. Um, I'm not going to take us st- straight into that room. In fact, I'm going to go. I you you see the Forge Master over by a light switch, and I just turn it on. I said, "See, it's just it's just a room." Oh, got, okay. It's got that kind of weird, I mean, this won't mean anything to you, but 70s style wallpaper, um, lots of geometric patterns and shapes in very lurid, somehow lurid, but also drab yellows and browns and oranges. Oh, I like shapes. But I could swear there was spoopy things in the shadows there. Oh, that, that's pretty clever, I suppose. Hmm. I mean, you know. It's, it's, it's the shapes, you know, as you move towards them, they, they play tricks on your mind. Ah. It's like an optical illusion. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's clever, I like it. Mm. Would you mm. like to roll a d100, please? Of course I would. That's... That's a five. Good. I mean, I was very... The way you started that word, it sounded like it was going to be another 50. Right, and... I thought so too, but no, it's a five. We avoided it entirely. And as I uh, jangle my keys and you see a, a, a rusty iron key, looks like it's been nibbled by something, but what would have teeth strong enough to nibble on iron? Who knows? But that's the key that I choose and I open this door. And it opens out into a sparsely wooded area. 
kind of birch trees, silver birch trees, and dotted around in uh, not not quite clusters, but but just to give the feeling of there being a, a sparseness, but also being surrounded by them. And in the centre of this space is a small hut with a thatched roof. In the centre, keeping up appearances and all of the stereotypes, a hag toils over a cauldron. She's wearing a black cape, black gown, black pointed hat. There's a black cat. It's very... If if there was a poster hag, then this would be the main event person that you go for. She's toiling away, stirring this cauldron. And as she turns to you, she says, <laughs> I've got to tell you a secret. <laughs> you have a best friend, don't you? This isn't that's, the secret. Uh, no, that's not a secret, ma'am. Yeah, that, that's true. Rhododendron, is that right? That's true, ma'am. Well, I'm afraid he is dying. He's got a red curse. A red curse, she says as she points her pocket finger at you. Red curse, indeed. It's going to cause him to come out in boils all over and make his skin feel like it's made of metal and could be attracted by magnets, and he won't like that, I tell you. However, I'm in fact making an antidote to this poison as we speak, because I'm a nice hag. Try to avoid the stereotypes, even if I do quite mm. like the dress sense. But I don't want money for it. What is your most precious thing? A thing, or an that I have on my body? Oh, I could take a memory. What would you like to give me? Hmm. Well... I'm going to stop making the stirring motion now. i going to give right. myself rheumatoid arthritis in my elbows if I'm not careful. Uh, to help Rhodey, I, I, I would give up a memory. Sure. What memory would you count as being the most precious one? Hmm. That would be of my mother. Oh, a particular, a particular memory of your mother, or just the memory that you had a mother? That might be a bit big. Give me a specific one. All right. Uh, 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 when my mother congratulated me on, on my first invention. <laughs> uh, Papa wasn't that interested in it, but, but Mama was. Well, this sounds like a memory that is very precious to you, but I feel like I may be, in, in fact, helping you in other aspects by taking this away. The witch takes the memory, and you no longer feel the sense of pride and recognition that your mother gave you for, uh, for your first invention, but you also do not feel the regret or the uh, the longing for recognition that your father didn't show. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there's numerous other occasions when he also didn't give you the recognition you wanted, but uh, this one particular painful memory is not, not, not present at the front of your mind anymore. Oh. Hey. May I have the antidote now, ma'am? No, of course! She spoons a, uh, with, with a large ladle, she gets a, a little vial and passes you over this faintly bubbling, lurid green liquid. Thank you. You're welcome. It's peppermint. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that'll, that'll help. <laughs> As you look down and you, you look, you look to the vial and you look back up again, she's no longer there. Merely the thatched cottage. Even the cauldron seems to have gone, which seems improbable, but true. Right. I don't really know how that works, to be honest. 
Like, I mean, we're going to take your memory of having been through all of these rooms, but uh, I don't know if that will reverse the negative. So you'll, will you leave with fewer memories than you would have normally, or will we re remove the memory of you removing the memory and therefore you'll have the memory? I don't know. I'll have to observe you for longer and see how that works. Not that I do that sort of thing. Well, you could always come and just visit me, you know. And, uh, um, I mean, yeah, you could visit. You you said before, actually. I did what? No. Um, would you like to roll a d100? Oh, uh, uh, sure. Uh, oh, that's a 50 again. No, no, no. Uh, you might want to re-roll on that one. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. roll, roll one just in case, and I'll let you know. Uh... That's a 39. 39. I look at the, the, the key that would have been number 50. I go, oh, no, that was the dark room with the button. You didn't like that uh, one, Liz. No, I did not. I think I'd like to be a little bit kinder to you. Uh, 39. Oh, no, no. You <laughs> recognise the room that uh, was filled with porcelain dolls. Uh. <laughs> um, all right, third time's a charm. All right, okay, okay, okay. That, that, that's a 24? That feels safe. Does it? The room that, uh, the, the key that I, I, I take is, it, it appears to be a, a chub key, just like a little, um, a little flat key, um, painted in a kind of stripy pink and green pattern. Mm. And as I approach what appears to be an innocuous tree, I put the key into one of the, the the knots of wood, turn it, and a door out of nowhere just appears in the wood. And a smell of salt and sea air comes through the door. And as I lead you through, you are in a, what appears to be a seaside town. You are on the beach front. You can see that there are little wooden cabins too thin to live in, but perhaps enough to get changed into some nice beachwear. You look down and you notice, in fact, that you are wearing beachwear. What oh. would Miss Zanna's beachwear comprise, would you say? Well, I, I still have some kind of tool belt and plenty of plenty of pockets uh, for anything I find, but uh, mostly uh, fully covered, kind of like pajamas. And uh, as you look down at your hands that are uh, swaddled now in the uh, the nice warm pajamas, uh, you notice that you are um, holding an ice cream. It's one of Ooh. those nice Mr. Whippy ones, and it's got two flakes, in fact. But then as you go to take your first lick, a small girl jumps up and snatches it from your hands and runs off with it, a little gnomish child. And she won't give it back. Yes. Very hot, you notice, suddenly, now that you're not carrying your uh, your ice cream. Not quite as hot as a room that's on fire or the caldera of a volcano, but you were still quite happy to finally have an ice cream that wasn't, you know, the middle of a blizzard. <laughs> she won't give it back, what you do. You know, if you asked, I would have given you that ice cream. It's very nice, I liked it. Well, next time, all you have to do is ask properly, all right? Please, can I have your ice cream, miss? Of course you can. Would you like a lick of my ice cream? No, that's all for you. You have it. She gingerly pulls one of the flakes out and offers it to you. That's awfully kind of y'all. Thank you very much occurs to me that our American viewers might not know what a flake chocolate is. Uh, it's kind of like rippled, wispy chocolate that crumbles as soon as you bite into it. But they're very nice. <laughs> the air's what make it. <laughs> and as you'd look around at the uh, the Forge Master, who is still wearing the heavy leather apron and forging clothes because, you know, who has time to go out and buy beachwear? You see that he's looking at a pocket watch. It's a little bit of uh, consternation. 
Oh, right. No, no, no timekeeping badge for me, I'm afraid. Um, uh, looks over at one of the nicely painted huts. This one's a very bright, welcoming red. Pulls out the keys. Goes to the hundred and first key that you hadn't noticed before, and opens it, and you can see the welcoming sight of the workshop on the other side. I'm afraid that's uh, that's all we've got time for, um, Zana. If you'd like to follow me, I've I've just got uh, got something to say to, to to some some people. All right. Uh, okay. So. <clears throat> Thank you, all and sundry, for uh, for joining us for Talking is a Free Action. You'll find us here every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. BST, sometimes GMT, depending. Uh, and it's also other time zones are available, in fact. And you can also find us on Mondays and Tuesdays from 6 to 9 p.m. for our live streams, where we watch the exploits of mortals such as Mizana Gallifrey from The Shadows. On a Monday, we can catch Mizana and her friends in a murderous symphony, while on a Tuesday, we take a trip down memory lane with Seekers of Elturel. And all of this streams at twitch.tv forward slash RollTogetherRPG. VODs are available immediately after the stream for catch-up, or you can catch all of our content on YouTube a few days later. And don't forget, you can also enjoy them as a podcast. Very important, because there's some that you can only enjoy as a podcast. Many thanks again to our D20 Club on Patreon. If you'd like to support us, you can do so from as little as one of your local currency per month. And thank you also to all of our sponsors and supporters. So, Miss Anna, once again, I'm afraid I must show you to the final portal where you will forget me and everything that you've seen here. Oh. But as you go, please do remember the ancient question master proverb. Always stay classy at the table. Goodbye. Ah, I give him a hug. Then <laughs> go. And as Miss Anna walks off into the distance, there it is. <laughs>